Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast 2020. Yes. Can you believe it? We have arrived. No, I cannot believe it. 2020 sounds so far into the future. New year? (laughs) New decade? Yes. How was the gym? Um... What what gym? What do you mean? You did not work out today? I did not. It's the new year. The I biggest resolution every year <laughs> is joining the gym. I'm behind already. You did not join the gym. We're into what, like the third day or yeah. the third the third uh yeah, January third as of this taping. And right. uh can you believe it's uh twenty twenty and you have not joined the gym three days in. What's your uh, I have what's not. your excuse? I have not. I haven't even gone for a run or a walk. Wow. Yes, I'm behind. Have you? No, have I don't you do go- that. <laughs> in fact in fact I don't really do resolutions mm. because it's just another thing that can be broken. Mm. Because think about it. Gym memberships go up around the first of January mm-hmm. and then they decline by the end of January, because people realize after a month that it, they don't want to go anymore. Right. So, uh, but gym resolu- uh, resolutions, joining the gym is the biggest one. Losing mm-hmm. weight mm-hmm. is another one. You know, finances, uh, meeting somebody, you know, those are all kind of the, uh, the now, top. Now, why do you think they don't work? Resolutions? Mm-hmm. Because I think that, one, people don't have the commitment to stick with it especially like the gym because they start getting busy and then they don't have time to go to the gym mm-hmm. and it takes effort. I, I, I was a, I was a gym member a couple of years ago. Uh, yes. I have been several times. Yeah. Yes. And, and I religiously went mm-hmm. during the month of December. <laughs> okay. Not this past December, but one couple of years ago. Okay. And I went religiously and then January hit. So it wasn't a resolution because I'd already been going. But January hit, mm-hmm. school got back in session, I started teaching again, and I just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And then it took me a couple of months to cancel my membership, so then I lost that money. Right. And so that's another, th- another reason, I think, is you know gyms can be expensive, mm-hmm. and people, you know, I mean, we're in California, so you've got mountains, you've got beaches, you've got places you can go outside that is free. We so can rollerblade up and down yeah. the boardwalk yeah. if we so desire. I like to run outside. That I used to be, I used to go to the gym. I don't anymore. I used to. I went for years. I don't like it anymore. I used to love lifting the weights and then moving the pin down and getting stronger and stronger. I I just don't I, now. I like to go outside and walk or run. Um, but then I'm not getting the upper body exercise that I need to get. But I used to. I used to do all that S- yoga. I used to do yoga. The down dog. Yes. So. When I went to the gym, the thing that I did not like was, one, if I was going to do cardio, by the time I got to the gym, if I just ran around the block a few times, my cardio would be over and my workout would be over by the time it took me to drive to the gym. (laughs) Then you have to wait for people to get done with the machines. Right. And then you have people like, you know hounding you to get done with the machine so they can have the machine and then you have those gym rats that are like the bullies of the gym yes. 
that are going to like dictate who uses what machine and when. Yes. And then you sit in their chair or their machine and they get mad at you yes. and they're on steroids. So that roid rage kicks in and now you're scared to go you're back to the gym. You're messing up their circuit yeah. and you're not following the rules. You're not restacking the weights properly. Or worse is yeah. you don't wipe off the chair after yes. you work out. It's all sweaty. Spray, wipe, spray, wipe. And then you have chemicals all over yeah. you. See, I, I just, that's just, I just don't, I just don't get the gym. Yeah. I, I'm and then the worst was afterwards. I, ne- now, I would never shower at the gym. I would just go home. <laughs> but you walk into the, 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 the locker room. Yes. And I just see way too much nakedness. I was going to say, do the guys walk around naked? They like do. there's girls in the in the women's gym that shower and then they, they, like at home, I don't dress while I'm getting ready. I get overheated. I don't want to get my clothes, you know, makeup or wrinkles or whatever on my clothes. But in public, you don't do the same thing. I don't want to see everybody's... You know, stuff hanging yeah. out, and women do. They walk around naked, and like I way too much nudity. Yeah, free I don't flowing. To, I don't need to see that. So I walk in with blinders on. <laughs> Use the bathroom, wash my hands, maybe a little water on my face, and then I like beeline it out of there. <laughs> Try not to look. Yeah, I'm. You know what? The New Year's resolutions. I have come to realize that the behaviors, like we're talking about, the gym. We don't follow through with behaviors necessarily because our New Year's resolution is never about changing our mindset. Our mind is what dictates our behavior, right? That's what every Mm -hmm. psychologist will say, every self-help book. It's our mind that, you know, tells the behavior. I think that's where we get tripped up on these New Year's resolutions is that we don't start, you know, with our thought process and then move out from there. And then we do things that are not... That we don't ordinarily, we're trying to create something new instead of going with the flow of how we normally roll. I think that's how I started going outside and not to the gym because it started to be about, you know, sometimes it's a meat market. Sometimes you just, you know, like the people there. Sometimes it's, you just don't feel like going, you know, to being at the gym. And I really love being outdoors. So it's easier for me. Of course, I'm not doing it right now. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. But it was easier. (laughs) Hey, I had three pumpkin pies all by myself since October. Between October and New Year's. Yeah. So I'm wearing the. Own it. Wearing the jacket. I need to get back outside walking. But it's easier when your mindset is and your goal are in alignment. When you're trying to do something against the grain of who you are, it fails every single time, no matter what it is. So if, if your New Year's resolution is more with the flow and about who we are as as people you know if we love being outside heck forget the gym membership just go outside and do it out there you know because the mind is a terrible thing <laughs> change it no see i didn't mind i didn't mind the meat market aspect of it because i always thought it was entertaining as i'm because as i'm on the, the meter no 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 i wouldn't do that i'm I, I, I go to the gym and i hit my circuit which was at the time my routine was 15 minutes on this uh this, I don't even know what it's called, but the like this elliptical. like elliptical thing, okay? Yeah. And then 15 minutes on the treadmill. Right. But the treadmill, I would jack up to the highest uh, yes, angle, the incline, the incline uh-huh. and the hardest level. So I would just hit it, oh. and that was my 15 minutes. So it wasn't like I'm just, oh, I'm jogging, yay. I would hit the incline, and I'd hit the, <laughs> the fastest speed that so I could possibly keep up. So you're sweating everywhere, yes. sweat's flying yes. off of you as you're running yes. up this hill at full speed. But then I liked it because... Yeah. As I'm working out, the entertaining part, I'd have my music on, mm-hmm. and I'd be listening to my jams, mm-hmm. but then I'd watch the guys, especially at the lower level, uh, hit on the women. And the girls are just there, the ladies are just there to work out, 
Yes. And that's their mindset. You know, they're not, I may be I some, hate, but, yeah, but they're there to that. work yeah. out and the guys are like hitting on them and it's hilarious. Yeah. It's not so hilarious when you're on the other side, but yeah. Probably not. <laughs> but you it just, is to watch. We just want to work out. And so, yep. yeah, I don't know. I don't get, I'm, yeah. So my <laughs> New Year's resolution. Okay. Let's hear it. I don't do them, but this year I've decided to you make don't... 2020 okay. about me. Mm. So... I've been told, yeah, so I've been told by a few people that I burn the candle at both ends, Mm -hmm. especially over the last couple of years. Okay. I do a lot to help other people. One of the biggest enjoyments in life for me is to help other people achieve a goal, a dream, whatever, a job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had students that I've helped get jobs in the radio business, Uh, show hosts, for example, uh, when I worked with Frank Sontag on his show, he was a big Brian Sipe fan. He was a football player from the Cleveland Browns because okay. Frank's from Cleveland. Okay. And I got Brian Sipe on his show, kind of fulfilled that dream to interview his hero. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I was working with the Loose Cannons with Steve Hartman, Michael Thompson, and Vic the Brick Jacobs, uh, Steve Hartman for his 50th birthday, I got Jane Weedland of the Go-Go's mm, on the show because they so went to Taft fun. High School together. And so, so I was able fun. to work that out. Love the Go-Go's. Uh, worked with Kevin James, who was, uh, who was a talk show host back like in 2011 to 2013. He mm-hmm. went to the University of Oklahoma. And at the time, Jamel Holloway was the quarterback for the University of Oklahoma when they won the national championship. And so Kevin was a big fan. So I got him on the show because mm-hmm. I kind of knew him from the sports days. Mm-hmm. And so things like that, I really enjoy. And so I put a lot of effort into helping others. But I also have some goals and aspirations that I'd like to do for myself that I've kind of put on hold because my time is invested in these other things. Right. And someone finally told me, hey, you know what? You should really think about taking some time for yourself and doing some of these things that you've kind of put on the back burner mm-hmm. because, you know, you should just go chase it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always telling people, take your passion, make it happen, chase your dreams. But they say you're a little bit hypocritical because you're not doing it yourself. Mm. Does it feel selfish to do those things for yourself or you just were so invested in other people that you just didn't have time for yeah, yourself? I think, I think I just wanted to try to help others as much as I could get to their goals because okay. I've been, cause I've done a lot. I've, I've worked in radio for 20 plus years. I've talked to a lot of people. I've done a lot of things. So I've accomplished a lot, mm-hmm. but there's still some, some stuff that's uh, unfinished, some unfinished business right. that I really want to uh, achieve in life before, you know, I hit the grave. And so uh, I've been encouraged to do that. And so I figured, okay, if the new year is the time, then 2020 is the year. And here's the other thing too. And, and so you can tell me this. So I don't know if that's selfish or not, but people tell me that's uh, self-care, self-love, mm-hmm. uh, taking care of yourself, putting yourself first. That's important. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing too, which, which might um, be a driving force maybe behind my decision. Okay. So, you know, there was a person that I considered a friend, still do, but throughout the last, you know, few months, been saying some things that just didn't add up. Mm. I know we talked about lying in one of our episodes in the past. I don't want to go that far, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give someone the benefit of the doubt because I'm kind of like the, the trial person beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Until I get beyond a reasonable doubt of what you're saying is true or untrue, I'll give you some slack. So stuff's just started to add up. And I started to realize that, okay, this person is full of crap. And I just need to, you know, do the Instagram unfollow, not, not literally, but I'm in life, yeah. you know, the, the Facebook unfriend in life. I figured it's time to kind of put that person aside because I'm vesting too much uh, time in that person and, and the return is, is, isn't real. Right. 
And so then that's what started me along this thought of, you know, maybe I should start thinking about me first in 2020 and pursue some of the things that I want to do. Because when you invest in other people, Mm. the return isn't always there. And the return on yourself, you control. Like you said, the mindset. If you're going to change your mindset and go to the gym, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be successful. But if you tell someone else, hey, you should go to the gym, and I'm going to pay for your gym membership, Mm -hmm. you still can't get that person to go to the gym. If I pay for the gym, I'm going to be more motivated to go to the gym. So if I'm investing in myself, and one time someone asked me, what would be the biggest thing that you would tell someone to do? And I told them, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. So thus, the process began when the new year comes along. I'll close out 2019 with the stuff I've been doing. And then when the new year hits, January 2nd, me. See, no, I said January 2nd multiple times. I've said this. No more pumpkin pie. <laughs> and you had pumpkin pie. <laughs> I did not have the pumpkin pie, but I also didn't go out for my run either. So, yeah, I wasn't that grand with my January 2nd. It was simply, okay, enough sugar. You're done. Time to move on from that. <laughs> there's so many There's so many ways that to look at self-care or doing things for other people or um, the time or, or investing in certain, you know, people. There's pre- people that we should invest in and people that we should not invest in. Um, if there are red flags along the way, obviously we have to be discerning and, and pay attention to the red flags so that we don't um, get into the position where we're investing people that are not worth it. But or that don't um, everybody's worth being invested in, but people who don't uh, don't appreciate it and don't use it for all of that it's worth. So. There's a there's a fine line between, you know, helping other people to the extreme that it's draining us and we're just total output. Then there's the other extreme where it's all about us and it's total input. And so there's got to be that balance of input and output. So that way we are feeling healthy and fulfilled. And because when we don't do our skill and when we don't do our craft, the world is missing out. Because we make connections for each other and we all have things to contribute. If somebody's an artist and they're not doing their art, we miss out on beauty. We miss out on books that are not written because people are afraid to to put themselves out there. We miss out on thoughts and ideas because we're afraid to speak, you know, into a microphone, um, businesses, you know, and so on. So we need to be able to have the confidence in ourselves to practice our craft and do, you know, whatever it is that we want to do for the benefit of other people. But then, like you said, if it's all about helping other people and investing in other people, that is a good investment. But then if our tanks are not being filled with our own stuff at the same time, if there's not enough input, I think there's got to be an equal balance of input output. So that way our soul is like stable and not one way or the other. So taking a year investing in me Mm -hmm. along with, the other things I do. So it, it, this was the thought. So let's just say, for example, I spend three hours a week helping somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Just throwing it out there. Now I'll put an hour and a half into them, mm-hmm. an hour and a half into me. Mm-hmm. That's balance. It is. That's healthy. It is. And unselfish. Mm-hmm. And I think, right, I, I do believe that because there are so many, like I know some people who are, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think that you fall into this category, um, but I know some people that are um, have a very big problem with people pleasing. 
And so they put things on their plate and they put things on their plate so that they look good in front of other people or so that they um, they just think that they should be, you know, helping out in every area and they don't want to disappoint people. They're afraid to say no. And they just have way too many. And then they're just consumed with all of this volunteerism and all of this philanthropy and all of this, you know, helping people. And they just are dying on the inside because there's just it's just too much. So I think it's not selfish at all to invest in the skills and the talents that God gave us. Um, look at the passions that we have, because that in fact does help other people when we're using it are what we've been given to the benefit, you know, of other people. I, I think that's a very healthy thing to do. See, I like when you said that when somebody, a painter doesn't paint, mm -hmm. the world is missing out. Yeah. When a musician isn't being musical and writing mm -hmm. music or mm -hmm. putting you know music out there, the world is missing out. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times that's what happens is we kind of get um, either consumed in other areas or we get sidetracked or we get self-doubt like our talent isn't good enough so I don't want to put it out there mm -hmm. and I think people miss out on that I know somebody mm -hmm. another friend of mine who likes to paint and she was painting some stuff but never really wanted to show anybody mm -hmm. so I said well let me see some stuff and 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 I'll be the judge of it uh, at least from my perspective, what I think, if you should put out and then you right. can decide. And she was showing me some stuff and it's actually really good. You know, obviously she was a uh, amateur, not a professional painter, you know, so it's not like a Rembrandt or a Picasso, mm -hmm. but for her abilities and her talents, it was actually really good. In fact, it was a picture that she had painted based, uh, based on something she saw on someone's social media. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it was her impression or her interpretation of this social media picture, I guess it was. And it was actually really good. It was her thing. And so I told her, I said, hey, why don't you just send it to the person and let them, or a picture and let them see it because, you know, right. that's the person that you're really trying to please, I guess, with your art. Right. And the person loved it. So it kind of gave them a little bit more um, confidence, I guess, to do some stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing I think we get caught up in. And that's why part of this whole 2020 me first is the, is that type of thing. Not that I have a whole lot to give as far as the world goes, but what I do have to give, I think benefits people. You know, I've got a radio show, a music radio show that people like to actually listen to, I get, you know, but I haven't had time to create new shows for a while because I've been, you know, just kind of repurposing some stuff. Um, this show here, uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, you know, I really like to push this thing in the new year because mm -hmm. I think we've got something going on here, but I need to make time for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then still have the time, the ability to help my students out, to help other people out and things like that. But I do think that if if we have a talent and an ability to do something, we should put it out there and not only for the acceptance of other people, but for ourselves. Because when I do my shows, I do it for me and then I feel accomplished and I feel good about what I do. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm happy because I put it out there. I could care less in a way if it has a thousand listeners or a hundred because it's whatever happens, happens with it. Are you sure you don't care about that? <laughs> a little bit. No, it's important. Don't Let's get me wrong. Real. Yeah, no, it, it is important. Yes. Let's but again, there's been times where I put great shows out there, especially with the beat goes on and no one's ever heard them, mm -hmm. but I know I put out a good product. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom loves it. But so it's like, Hey, and that's the only audience one, of you know, one. Yeah, mom, audience yay. of one. That's all that matters. <laughs> but so that's the thing. It's like, if we have, if we're the creative type, we get self-critical and we don't want to do something because we're afraid of the negative reaction that we're going to get. And I think it goes back to we live in fear. 
for example, I don't want to jump out of a plane because the parachute might not open. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a legitimate fear. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to speed because I might get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could be a legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're going 50 on the freeway, get the hell out of the way. Yeah, please. <laughs> Either speed up or leave the freeway. <laughs> Take public transportation. Take Uber or Lyft. And stay out of the fast lane. Exactly. Just stay out of my way. But if you've got a show, if you've got, is appropriate. Yeah, if you've got a, if you've got a show, if you've got a, a, an artist and you've got you know painting abilities, music abilities, whatever it is, and you don't want to put it out there because you're afraid of a negative feedback. I think that's where when we live in fear, it kind of hurts us. You know, I think it goes both ways. I think when we are creative and we we desperately want to do our creation, but what stops us is either the acceptance or the rejection. That right there, we're we're shutting ourselves down. That's what stops the whole process is when we're doing it either for the acceptance or for the rejection of other people. And if we are in our sweet spot, if we are truly in that creative place where, um, you know, like in our internal selves, you know, the hallelujah chorus is singing when we've created something that's um, beautiful, then that's when people are drawn to it. But when we put it out to so that other people will accept it, it taints the product. It taints the creativity a hair because we are doing it so that it will be accepted or we're doing it so that it won't be rejected. And once we now granted, this is a very difficult thing because anytime you're publishing anything, whether it doesn't matter what it is, it all has to fit into a certain genre, a certain format. It's got to follow certain rules of the genre. I get all that. I've published two books. I totally understand the mechanics of all of that. But in our at, at the, in our creativity and and at the very start, I was going to say at the end of the day, but at the beginning, we have to honor what is inside of us first. And when we're singing, then it will other people will be drawn to it and they would like how many t- like um I'm thinking about Susan Boyle um, the, the opera singer, when she came out, I think it was, it was it America's Got Talent, right? It wasn't the voice. I think it was America's Got Talent. She came out and literally the tears, everybody had tears. I had tears in my eyes watching it on TV because she was just doing her thing. That's all she was doing. She was just singing. She was just being herself. And this beautiful voice came out and we were all just, you know, I, I have goosebumps even thinking about that. So at the heart of creativity, that beauty Um, When we embrace what is inside of us, it's a magnet for other people. But as soon as we're like worrying too much about what people think we're going to be, we're going to start getting off track, which is really hard to do because sometimes people are mean. Sometimes people are, you know, overjoyous and think you're great and you're not really all that. It's, it's hard to navigate that. But if we can stay in that sweet spot of, of our inner peace and our inner hallelujah, I think I'm going to get a shirt. That says, I say that the hallelujah chorus, right? That's like my, my mantra. Anyone that's very close to me knows. So whatever that inner hallelujah is, when you're singing those, singing the choir, um, that's the place to be. And that's when people are drawn to it for the beauty of it. And I think that's when we are really missing out when we don't create the world is missing out on, on the beauty of what we have to offer. See, and that's why I say for me, when I do something, I do it for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Regardless of who's listening, obviously, the more listeners, the better, you know, the more followers, the better. Obviously, we all have that narcissistic egoism in us. But ultimately, if I'm doing it for me, then 
it becomes something that I value, it becomes something that I'm proud of, and then others might be able to enjoy it. Okay, some of my videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. they have two views. Yeah. Two. But see, <laughs> one of those two people are going to need to listen or, or need to hear what you have to say, and you're going to impact them. Uh, yeah. That's the difference. Right. We had a, um, so I teach at uh, Pasadena City College, in case you don't know. And in the uh, this past fall, we did a couple of promotions through our radio station. We had a back to school glow party, mm. which was off the off the charts. It was lit, as people say. <laughs> we had a lot of people there. We gave away some great concert tickets and some stuff. And there was a lot of people there. And it was a really good time. Then we did a, uh, a, a Dia de los Muertos party, a Day of the Dead, for uh, November first. Mm-hmm. Now it was not as big as far as numbers go. Mm-hmm. The glow party had more people coming. But they stayed shorter, uh, a shorter amount of time. Okay. The Day of the Dead party had less people, but they stayed for Longer, most of the time. Yeah. And as we talked about it afterwards, the thought came to came to us that said, you know what? The people that needed to be there or the people that were there mm-hmm. were the ones that probably needed to be there. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that were having fun. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that were enjoying the games we were playing, the giveaways, the music, you know, all that stuff. Whereas the glow party, people were coming and going and having a good time, but the people for the Dia de los Muertos party, they were the ones that probably needed to be there, and they were the ones that were enjoying it. So for that night, even though the numbers were low, mm-hmm. the people that needed to be there were probably there. Yep. So in your videos, if you have two people, those are probably the two people that needed to hear what you had to say in those videos, and that's why they got to hear it. That could be. And so you never know. That's why, that's why you just got to put it out there. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a guy, I think it was Brian Bird. I interviewed him one time. He was the executive producer of uh, of When Calls the Heart on Hallmark Channel. Yes. And I was doing this podcast, and I was talking to him. It was uh, audio-based, which we're doing now, but we also have the YouTube version of it. But um, we were talking about it. We are talking about a show and things like that. And he made the the reference to the fact that, you know what, you just got to do what you got to do and just put it out there mm-hmm. because you never know who's on the receiving end of it. You may never know who you're going to impact with your talents and abilities. You never know what the consumer of your product is going to do with it or be impacted by it. But you just got to put it out there because, like you said earlier, if you're not putting it out there, somebody's missing out. Yes. Yep. And I think my New Year's resolutions are not necessarily, I've I've changed them a little bit this year because typically I will pick things about, you know, weight, not weight, but um, diet because I don't necessarily eat healthy or exercise or, you know, I'll pick one of the standard ones. This year, I my New Year's resolution is wisdom and discipline diligence, um, organization, things that will facilitate all the other goals that I have. That's where my new, that's where my thinking, that's where my mindset is this year. Because if my mindset is wisdom, organization, discipline, then it's going to transfer to whatever it is that I want to accomplish. Just be careful. The wiser you get, the dumber the world gets, the more frustrating you become with life. No, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is applying that knowledge in a way that's beneficial for everybody. So I'm not seeking knowledge. I'm seeking wisdom to know. You will become frustrated because I've been doing that over the years. No, because when you have wisdom, then you're more patient and more graceful and more forgiving. Oh, knowledge, knowledge makes you more frustrated because you think that you know more than everybody else. But wisdom 
teaches you how to relate to people in a way that you say, you know what, I get you and I understand you. And I, so for example, this just popped into my um, head. So I don't know if it fits, but I was in Uganda several years ago and we were at the school and they had never, a good majority of them had never seen a white person, never touched a white person, never had any interaction. And so we were, it's a long story, but um, we ended up, we were going to speak and somebody else came to speak. And so we didn't speak. And so um, we just went around and said hi to everybody. So I tried to, there was probably, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe, a th I don't know, quite a thousand. How about maybe 500 people lining up this courtyard and just to look in people's eyes and just say, I see you like, you know, and shake their hand. It, it was like the most amazing moment I think that um, I've had in a long time. And even like in our day to day, there was another scenario here where there was, I was waiting for a, a bus and this lady was sitting there sobbing. I had no idea who she, we'd never seen each other before, but she was just crying. And I just went up to this complete stranger and just like put my arm around her. And I was like, oh shoot, boundary issue. I don't know if she wants to be touched or whatever, but I put my arm around her. We're sitting on the side of the curb and she leaned into me and like sobbed on my shoulder. And then I gave her this big hug when it was when her bus came and she left or her cab. Just to have that, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowing how to handle a situation that you're in, no matter what the situation. It's not giving knowledge. It's not giving, it's knowing, it's knowing what people need in that given moment is giving them what they need in that given moment. It's touching their soul and saying, I see you, I get you and I'm here and I'm open to you. That's wisdom. And I want to do more of that because I can be very quick on the draw to be like, okay, got to get this done. And I forget the small talk. I don't, I love texting because I don't have to talk to people on the phone. Like I can be very abrupt. So wisdom for me is in any situation, you know, being present and, and knowing um, when people are arguing, knowing how to handle that, when people are angry, when they're, you know, just whatever, just being there and, and being the person that's like, okay, I got this. I can handle this situation. We're going to calm it down. We're going to jazz it up. We're going to have fun, whatever. That to me is my key, I think, for. So how are you going to go about to achieve that? <laughs> because <laughs> like you said, it's the mindset. So yeah. you have a mindset of, are you going to do it? Or is mm -hmm. that just a desire? I want to join the gym, but my mindset says it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So how's your mindset going to get you to that wisdom you seek, young Padawan? <laughs> young Padawan. Um, putting myself practicing um, humility, which is not thinking of yourself, um, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, which sounds in direct con contradiction of what you said of putting myself first. It's not. Um, but just knowing that my humanity is not any different than other people's humanity and knowing that I am equally good and equally bad, just like everybody else and walking into a room and not saying, you know, here I am, but walking into a room saying, who can I talk to and um, get to know, you know, today I hate cocktail parties. They, it's like, it gives me hives to mingle, but to walk into a room and, and be like, oh, there's someone that I want to get to know because they look really interesting, takes the pressure off of me. It takes the focus off of me. And it's, it's learning about other people and their story. Um, that's hard for me because I don't always want to do that. I'm like, eh, I already know too many people. I'm done. I'm good. 
like just give me a you know a hors d'oeuvre and <laughs> one of those sausages wrapped right. in bacon or something you know a date so but yeah and um i'm a you know believer in in jesus so you know reading my bible every day um i know that sounds like a cliche answer but um doing research in the bible you know knowing about it um that to me yeah is where i get my wisdom because it puts myself second i put god first and then my eyes are just open to other people you know that's why they serve booze at cocktail parties see i so should have drank more booze that's probably what i was lacking better. i should have just said double margarita please yes. and i would have been fine with some patron <laughs> The other thing is, you know, Solomon was the wisest person ever. He was. He had many wives and concubines. Mm -hmm. Do you not think he was frustrated? Not so wise, because isn't one enough? He uh, he but, was wise because he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for the kingdom. He didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for riches. He asked for wisdom, and so God granted it to him. But yeah, he did have all of that, which is why he wrote... Uh, was Ecclesiastes right. about saying like, okay, it's all for, you know, that is a dead end street and I didn't need to go down that road, but I did. And let me just tell you, it didn't work out. There you go. <laughs> so he was very humble and that is wisdom. It's but, not that it's not, not getting tripped up. Right. It's learning from what you have done and, and coming out better for it on the other side. But you, you mentioned talking about getting into an, in a room and basically treating people. Mm -hmm. And so the other day I had a thought, you know, oftentimes, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past too, you know, the, the eye catches the outer beauty of somebody mm -hmm. in a relationship, mm -hmm. but it's the inner, it's the, it's the soul, the spirit, mm -hmm. the personality, the character of someone that captures the heart. And if everybody has that heart, okay, everybody has a heart, that heart comes with feelings, emotions, and all the things that run with it. So as we go about in, uh, in our daily lives, if we treat people with the character, with the personality, with the soul, where we're going to try to capture their heart mm -hmm. with how we act mm -hmm. towards them, mm -hmm. we're going to be more successful in reaching those people for whatever they need to be. So you reaching out to somebody crying on the street, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you were somehow reaching in and capturing their heart because then they were able in turn to, uh, you know, get that comfort from you. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes people would walk by and just look and be like, I'm just going to let that person stay there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that way with homeless people, which is obviously a whole different topic because mm -hmm. that's just a whole different topic. But <laughs> you walk by and you look at them with a disdain look or, you know, do you look down on them because they're homeless? Do you look down on them with love? Do you look down on them with compassion? How do you treat people? And that's, you know, running the gamut. So in day-to-day -day life, you know, when we're just coming across people, and this could fall into your wisdom department, you know, just interacting with people on a day-to-day -day basis and trying to treat them in a manner that captures their heart is going to be long, is going to have a lasting impact with people. Mm -hmm. And not only that, it's going to make the world better mm -hmm. because you're not treating people in such a fashion where they start to feel bad about themselves or they start to feel bad about you or think mm -hmm. bad about you mm -hmm. because you're working on the heart. And we've always talked about that in the past, you know, whatever's on the heart comes out. Out the mouth. Yes. Yeah. There's a really good book that I have just listened to three times and uh, two other books. So I've listened to five books in the last month on Audible. The one that I've listened to three times is called Leadership and Self-Deception. It is so, 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 so good. I'm going to put it on my um, 
Instagram um, library. I have a little bubble with all kinds of books on there, but it is the leadership and self-deception is exactly, they explain it in a different way, but that's exactly what we're talking about is that when we, they say it as this inward outward mindset or being in your box but basically, it's that when we come, and it could, this could be our spouse, it could be our neighbor, it could be our kids, our podcast co-host. <laughs> um, when we treat people, when we look at people with, like you said, with disdain, or when we come at them with preconceived ideas about their behavior, then we that means that we're coming to them in our box. We're looking at them as an object. Um, as opposed to a person. And so like a salesman might look at someone that comes through the door as a transaction or as a sale. Okay, here comes a sale. And, and the sale is all about the salesman because they need to get, they need to manipulate the conversation to get that person to buy so that they get their commission or hit their quota, right? That's looking at people as an object. Or as you, someone comes in the door and you're looking at them as a person, now you want to know what their needs are. Now you know what their, what their life is and how you can meet those needs. And maybe you can or you can't, but you let their needs dictate the sale as opposed to your quota. People feel honored by that. People feel, and even with our spouses and our, and our you know, kids or whatever, you know, when we label them as um, lazy or um, you know, they don't care. They just don't want to do the chores. They're, you know, selfish. They're into themselves. When we start having these feelings about people, that means that we are having this inward mindset. We're in our box. People automatically are defensive. So if you look at a homeless person with disdain, they're going to be defensive. They're going to feel that and they're going to cower away from you or they're going to be feel ashamed. But then if we look at them, you know, with compassion or look at them as a fellow human being, with a heart just like ours, they have their needs are just as legitimate as ours. Now we're in a position where we can see them as um, an equal and say, how can I help you? And uh, granted the homeless thing is a, is a long conversation. We, they don't all want to be there. That's a myth. Um, my husband has worked in the homeless shelter for the last 20, um, 24 years. So, um, He's been there every Saturday, so we get it. But um, it's just basically honoring our own humanity, realizing that we are just as messed up as the next person. We're not any better. And just like, hey, we're equal. And, you know, what can I, you know, do for you? Even if it's just a smile. A smile goes a long way for people. Smile, a compliment, holding the door for somebody. Yeah. You know, just the little things that happen. And, you know, me in boxes. So here's the box that we're supposed to live in. Here's the hole outside the box. So mm-hmm. why are we going to confine ourselves in this small space when mm-hmm. outside the box is limitless practically? Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to live yourself inside this box, live outside the box. Yeah. And whatever that entails with whatever it is you're doing, be outside the box. And the other thing too, which I think is kind of interesting is that, you know, when we look at people and we deal with people, a lot of times there's... Um, You come across somebody and maybe you don't understand them. So you act differently towards them. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a misunderstanding. I was talking to a a gal once, she's from Mexico, and she was telling me that they didn't really have a whole lot of where she came from in Mexico, a whole lot of interaction with white people. And for some reason, there was the understanding that white people did not in America did not want the Mexicans to come to America. Mm. And it was obviously uh, something that started somewhere in their culture. Mm And eventually, 
it spread and that was a strong belief in their culture, which obviously wasn't true. Now, there may be some that aren't here, that, that they don't want people to come here. But on a whole, you know, that's not the case. And so because their, their thought was they were felt they were the thought was that the white people thought they were less of a person mm. yeah. than what they are. Yeah. And so that's the, the point, you know, is when you start to look at people in a way that puts them down mm-hmm. or in a way that makes them feel less than what they are, not only are they going to resent you for that and hate you, but then you start to, who knows, develop, you know, these character traits in a generation of people that then start to have a inferiority mm-hmm. complex or think less of themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we've talked about in the past looks and keeping up with the Kardashians and the Instagram pictures and the models and things. It's hard enough to be self-confident in this socially uh, mediaized world. With all the you know stigma that comes with it, with all our flaws and everything, but now imagine if you start to tell people about it, you know, and you start to put people down because of it, as opposed to of you know, hey, you look fat in that. It's more like, hey, you know, I like the way your hair is today, or something. You know, picking something positive mm-hmm. instead of the negative out mm-hmm. of it, because that's going to bolster people. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like in, in coaching. I could never understand why a coach would yell at his players because I've never been motivated by somebody yelling at me. Okay? I heard a football coach saying, you bunch of idiots in yeah. here. He was just slamming. I'm like, yeah, that would make me want to run faster yeah, for sure. I've, I've never been motivated by that. And so my style has never been that way. It's always been kind it. of positive. Yeah. You know, Hey, you didn't do very good here, but let's do better here. Right. But this is where you did good. Or, you know, hey, we need to improve in this area because – you can make you a better player, mm-hmm. but you don't yell and scream at them and call them names, you know. But and that's the type of thing I'm thinking about. You know, when you, when you talk about people, if you want to get them to be motivated, or if you want to want to get them to have a, a better day, feel better about themselves, you know, focus on the positive and capture that heart. You know, give them that heart that you would. You know, basically, it's mm-hmm. like the golden rule: treat others mm-hmm. like you want to be treated, and leave them better. Leave people better when you leave them than when you found them. That's always that's what I tell people at work a lot. Leave them better when you when you leave them when you than when you found them. Leave them in better condition, you know. Because sometimes when we talk to people, man, it just degrades them. It just demoralizes them, and then they shut down. If we think that you know someone can only rise to the level of you know three feet, that's all they're going to do. But if we say, hey, you can go six feet, you can go twelve feet, they're going to rise to that level that we think that they can rise to. So. Looking at people's humanity through our own humanity, through our own flaws, through our own um, missteps or whatever, that really, I think, validates, you know, other people. I mean, all the atrocities in, in humankind just, you know, ever since the from the beginning till now is because we don't look at people as people. We look at them as objects in a lot of ways. You know, the genocides, the shootings, the rapes, the, you know, murder, whatever is that we we don't we're just not taking into consideration each other's, you know, humanity. We're just objects. So, um, yeah. Well, see, here's, here's an idea that I thought of or a movie facing the giants. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that, yes, I am the Kendrick brothers. You talk about, can you go three feet? Can you mm-hmm. go six feet? So there's a scene in there where one of the football players, he's a lineman. So he's a bigger guy. Doesn't really believe in himself, his team. Right. So the coach puts him at the goal line. A football field is 100 yards. So he puts him at the goal line, mm-hmm. tells him to get on his hands and knees, mm-hmm. and he's going to do a bear crawl to the 50-yard line <laughs> with another player on that. his back. Yeah. 
and the coach says the player is 140 pounds or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so the guy's going to carry about 140 pounds on his back mm-hmm. in full pads, bear crawl to the 50 yard line, mm-hmm. blindfolded. Blindfolded. Yep. So the guy doesn't know where he's at. So they start. The exercise and the kids crawling on all fours, bear crawling towards the 50-yard line. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, he gets really tired and he wants to quit. And the coach says, keep going, keep going. You're almost there. Keep going, encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. And the kid wants to quit. The kid wants to quit. And this goes on and on and on. And he's getting, you're close, you're close. You're almost there. Don't give up. You're almost there. A few more yards. And then at the end of it, the kid collapses. Mm-hmm. And he's like, still blindfolded. He's like, coach, did I make it to the 50-yard line? And the coach is like, hey, take off your blindfold. And the guy's in the end zone yeah. at the other end. So not only did he go the 50 yards, he went an additional 50. Yeah. So he went 100 yards. And then the kicker was, which was kind of the, the icing on the cake, the kid who the coach said was 140, he's like, hey, coach, I'm 160 pounds. So it was actually 20 more pounds. But the idea was that the coach knew that this kid had more in him mm-hmm than what the kid even thought he had. Mm -hmm. And the coach was sitting there encouraging him. So instead of jumping on him and being like, you know what, I don't like your negative attitude. It sucks. It's demoralizing the team. Mm -hmm. He put him in an exercise that showed that he had more in him than what he even thought he had. And he not only went the 50-yard lines... Uh, the fifty to the fifty yard line with the fifty yards. He went the hundred to the end zone on the other side of the field with a guy that weighed twenty more pounds than the coach thought, and he got the most out of that guy. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, a, a turning point in the season mm-hmm. for the team, the player, and everything else. And that's the type of thing that we need to be: is the person that's motivating someone to be their best, mm-hmm. motivating someone to do something that goes beyond what they think they can do. Because it's like you said, if a painter isn't painting, the people aren't going to benefit from that. Right. And I think that there we discount the fear of success we always talk about the fear of failure but man the fear of success what does that mean it means that that we can soar there's so much way there's so much more in us than what we like to recognize or that we like to take advantage of and and to think that we can soar to these unbelievable heights is scary like oh yeah I would love to do that but oh that means I have to be in front of people or that means I have to do this and this well yeah that sounds really exciting but we get afraid of success a lot of times and that's what keeps us back more often I think than what we realize see I know there's a uh, a rock group poison with Brett Michaels who people may know from uh, the uh, celebrity apprentice and mm-hmm. things like that but he, you know he started on music still a musician they wrote a song and one of the lyrics was only the bravest try where eagles and angels dare to fly yes and that's the thing it's like you're taking off and I think Casey Kasem used to say you know reach for the stars mm-hmm. you know reach for that untangible highest peak of whatever it is that you want to get to mm-hmm. because you might not reach it, but you're going to get somewhere close. You're going to get up there. You're going to get way farther than if yes. you didn't reach for it. So instead of aiming for that three feet, go for that six. Instead of aiming for the 50-yard line, go for the 100 yards. Mm-hmm. Instead of aiming for, like you said, the fear of success, oh, I might be successful. Well, I'm going to only try for being successful with my family. Mm-hmm. Try being successful Take on the world. We're living in a global market with the internet and with social media and things. Be Try to reach for the stars and be as successful as you can because you never know the impact that you're going to have on somebody. And I don't know. I just, I just think it's one of those things where when we live in fear, whether it's fear of failure or fear of success, when we live in fear, it limits us mm-hmm. to what we can achieve. Mm-hmm. And just put yourself out there. I know being vulnerable is difficult and it's hard to be that way with some people. But if you just put yourself out there and you put your talents on the line, mm-hmm. you never know the impact. It could be one person 
I think it was, you know, Schindler's List, where at the end of the movie, you know, Schindler's List was a movie about a guy in Germany that was saving the Jews from extermination. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the movie, he was, I guess the point was, one more. Mm-hmm. If it was only one more, mm-hmm. if it was only one more. The guy did all this stuff, but he still wanted just one more. Yep. And that's the point. It's like, strive to be whatever it is that you want to be. Impact the people to the best that you can to, make the, to get the best out of them, like the coach did in the movie. And then just one more. One more. And, and, and I think that's a great example of, you know, he used his talents and his skill sets for that one more. He used wisdom for that one more because he basically had to trick um, the Germans into what he was actually doing. Right. And mm-hmm. so he was using his manufacturing skills. He was using his people skills. None of that one more wouldn't have happened if he hadn't really fully embraced um, his, his talents and his skill sets to use that to help. Um, you know, the Jewish community. And I think that, you know, how many times have we heard a song on a radio and that motivates us? Mm-hmm. The lyrics that you just quoted from Poison, like it motivates us and we, we um, latch on to these phrases so that we can do more. And if they hadn't have written that song, you know, we would be missing out on that motivation. Mm-hmm. That's That's where, you know, everything that we have been given is not for the benefit of, us it's for the benefit of each other i'll give you one more and if this guy can figure it out (laughs) we all should be able to figure it out Mm. are you ready i am ready are you sure i am ready what are your thoughts of ozzy osbourne i like ozzy osbourne i like his music i I listen to his music i a lot of people is this a trick question no 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 because you mentioned you know like ozzy osbourne (laughs) prince of darkness you know the devil worshiper a guy that bites bats heads you know and stuff but if he can figure it out, we should be able to figure out. Crazy Train, the song. I love the that lyrics, song. It's never too late to learn how to love yeah. and forget about hate. That's one of my favorite songs. If, you can, if he can figure that out, mm-hmm. we should be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. It's never too late to learn about love and forget about hate. Why do we hate people? Why do we hate people and not love them? I think it's because what's going on inside of us. And that's like you said. We are not comfortable with our own humanity and it comes out on other people. So if we can switch that mindset like you talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. change the mindset, Mm -hmm. treat people with love, Mm -hmm. genuine, not just superficial, but genuine. Approach people with a heart of compassion Mm -hmm. so that when you are done with them in that moment, in that instance, in a period of time, whatever it is, you've captured their heart Mm -hmm. and you've made it better for them. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I go back to the beginning, it was like the year of me. And I was telling the story about this person that was kind of lying and this and that. That's the hardest thing to for me to give up on somebody like that. And then it takes me so long to sh- beyond a shadow of a doubt because I don't want to give up on that person. But at some point in time, you have to mm-hmm. because you know that is, that's not going to change. And it's also sometimes the most loving thing that we can do. Yeah. Is to people, people don't understand what real love is, is that we think it's an emotion or a feeling or an activity or an atmosphere. Love is, is um, not only giving ourselves to other people, but it's also um, not allowing other people to continue in their jerkness. So it's a very loving thing to do to say, look, you're being a jerk. And um, so I'm not going to participate in your jerkness. That can be a very loving thing to do because because when we allow people to continue to be jerks, then we are allowing them to not give the best of themselves. We are allowing them to spread jerkiness all over the planet. Don't spread jerkiness. 
don't shoot yourself and don't spread jerkiness. You Eat beef jerky. Hashtag. Yes, don't hashtag. Spread. Don't spread jerkiness. Don't spread jerkiness. Teriyaki beef jerky, on the other hand, yes. send my way. Yes. Um, but yeah, but so that's that was kind of why it was hard for me to kind of make this decision in a way with that one particular person because it was like, I don't want to lose that. But mm-hmm. then at some point, it's like, maybe I'm not the person that's going to have that impact on them. Right. And because some, I tried. But, but also, I, on the flip side, I would just, to play devil's advocate, maybe you are the in person to have the, the impact because you're the one that, that said, no, I'm not going to participate in mm-hmm. this because we all get away with what we are allowed to get away with. And some people are afraid to not be jerks, honestly. Like, they're, it's... Jerkiness is a is a defense mechanism. It's a coping mechanism. It's a manipulation. It's hiding. It's deceitful. And and we do that sometimes purposely, because we've got so much yuck going on inside of us. So sometimes it is very loving to be like, you know what? This isn't the best of you. I don't want to participate. And I would love to participate in the best of you. But what you're showing me right now is the worst of you. And I don't want to participate in that because then I'm aiding and abetting. So we're gonna like cut the ties for right now. And you want to bring out the best in you, I'm all for it. But I'm not going to participate in, in you continuing in this path of, of, you know, being your worst. And that and people don't understand that that's a very loving thing to do. You, If you're a jerk back, that's not loving. But um, it's very loving to call people out and be like, you know, this is not you. I believe you've got so much more than this. And when it, you know, when you're ready to embrace that, I'm all there. Cut the yuck, people. <laughs> Cut the yuck. <laughs> this right could now. also be the academic issue or issue. Jerkiness and, and yes, don't yuck spread and <laughs> jerky. Don't spread jerkiness and cut the yuck. Cut the yuck. Yes. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so that, that was the, that was the whole point of that, you know, kind of trying to decide that because it was also becomes an unhealthy thing. But then as you look back on it, on the experience, it's like you did. I did try to capture that person's heart mm-hmm. and treat people. I think I think genuinely, in all honesty, if people look at me and talk about me, they know that I genuinely care about people and want mm-hmm. to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. It comes with the position of being a teacher. It comes with mm-hmm. just in life. And like I mentioned before, you know, just helping as a producer in general in radio for many years, your position becomes that of kind of like a servant to the host. Right. And not necessarily in a bad way, but you want to make sure that the host is first right. and the host gets, you know, all the accolades and the, mm-hmm. you know, the stardom and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're the support cast that gets them there. And right. I'm, and I did that position, uh, the position of producer for years and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. I don't need the accolades. I don't need all that. That's what I mentioned earlier, you know, a thousand viewers versus a hundred. Yeah, of course want the thousand, but I really don't care because it's the process of accomplishing mm-hmm. something because my role has been that in a support role. So I'm okay with that. But it's also come to the point too, where, you know, there are some things that I would like to do that I can't do if I'm always in that support producer role mm-hmm. and that's why when we get back to the uh, uh the, you know the 2020 and what's going to happen this year and you know the resolution type thing and just listening to some friends and talk you know it became yeah it's probably time for me to set aside some time for myself mm-hmm. and put some put some of myself out mm-hmm. there with some of the projects and things that I want to do and that's okay and healthy mm-hmm. because I should do that because who knows who might be missing out. Right. And we all, we all need equal amounts of input output in order for our souls to, to thrive and to be, you know, good. And I also want to say one more thing about your friend. You know, I've met several people like this, that some people just don't want to be helped. Some people just don't want to heal. There's that. I just quoted this to somebody yesterday. 
there's the some people just want to wallow in their pain and then they don't want to um, do their part to make it better or to do the healing. And there's that um, place in scripture where it says, you know, that the man was um, crippled and he was laying by the, the water where people were saying that they were getting healed and and he people would rush in you know, ahead of him. And so then Jesus walks up and he's like, why are you laying here? And the guy's like, Oh, nobody will help me in the water. And every time, you know, the thing stirs up, you know, everybody gets in there first and no one will help me. And he's like, dude, he didn't say dude, but dude, do you really want to be healed? And, and some, some of us just don't want to be healed. I mean, the guy totally called the guy, Jesus totally called the guy out because we say that we want to be better. We say that we want a better life, especially now, you know, at the time of new year's. Oh, I hope next year is going to be better. I hope things are going to be different. Look, the only way to make things better and different is for us to, like you said, work on ourselves, get the healing, go through forgiveness and, and do what we need to do within our souls to make that happen. My favorite Henry cloud quote is that it says, um, don't ever forget that your outward success, your inner, um, I'm sorry, let me start over. Never forget that your inner character determines your outer success. So a person could be hugely talented, have all kinds of skill sets, but they're not going to make it unless their character can, can stand up and, and manage those skills in, in a way. If, if their character can't rise to the occasion, it doesn't matter how many skills and talents that they have. They're never going to be able to pull off whatever it is that they want to accomplish. So some people just don't want to heal. They want to be waited on. They want to be, um, they want to commiserate. They want to blame. They want to wallow in the pain and they don't ever want to step towards forgiveness or moving ahead. They just are just stuck and they just want people to, you know, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, poor you. And mm-hmm. they want to park there mm-hmm. and you can't help those kind of people. No. Like you said, it becomes their mindset to be that way. Yes. And you can't change the mindset. That's no. the one thing I've learned is you can't change no. someone else's mindset they if they don't to. want it to be changed. Exactly. They have to change it for themselves. So um, as we kind of wrap this thing up for this uh, episode, as we look back over last year into this year, when the calendar flips, everybody wants to make a change. They get their you know, resolutions going and the calendar is going to flip and that's going to be the reason why they make changes. But in reality, the only true change that's going to come is when you change your mindset for something Mm -hmm. and you start to then create habits and create work ethics Mm -hmm. that match that mindset that then causes the change that you want. And for me, it might be, you know, separating myself from somebody for a little bit. I'm not totally giving up. It's not like, you know, I'm kicking to the curb. You can always, you know, hit the, you know, follow (laughs) button again, the friend button again. Who knows? Maybe they unfollowed you. Maybe. But, um, (laughs) but there's time, there's sometimes there's healthy time to, you know, separate from somebody. But then two, it's also time, you know, for me to take care of myself and to be able to do things that I want to do because there's, you know, time's running out and I need to do these things. And then. We don't spread jerkiness and we cut the yuck. That's right. (laughs) That's what we learned. Don't spread jerkiness. Cut cut the the yuck. yuck, Love each other and try to treat each other with respect and try to capture the heart of somebody and treat them so that you capture their heart because they've got feelings, they've got emotions. And the one littlest thing that you do to them in kindness, you don't know how that's going to change somebody. Mm -hmm. And not only the person that you affect Mm -hmm. or that you impact, but maybe there's somebody watching Right. That you didn't even know is watching. Right. And they're like, whoa, that person did that to that. Mm -hmm. I need to go do that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And now you're starting to change people and making the world a better place. Right. 
Cut the yuck. Cut the yuck, people. Don't spread jerkiness. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I like that. And don't shoot yourself. Stop shooting on Stop yourself. Stop shooting on yourself. Yes, that's the big one. Those are the things. Hey, um, Two Steps Ahead <laughs> podcast is who we are. I'm Sonny Edom. And I'm Tara Hoke Shiro. I don't think we ever introduced ourselves. Um, hey, you can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. The show is Two Steps Ahead podcast. You can find us there. And for your Instagram. I am at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And don't forget to follow us on iCloud and all of the podcast platforms to be sure that you do not miss an episode. Also on YouTube, you can follow us there as well. Yeah, YouTube, just search uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. You can subscribe. Mm-hmm. We've got eight. We need nine. Mm-hmm. We need nine before we, we get had, to ten. Uh, I thought we had nine. Oh, maybe we get This need, is number ten, isn't it? Maybe we it? need ten to get to eleven. Yeah, so you can be the tenth one. That's true. For the new decade. And uh, also, like she said, uh, we can be on Spotify, on iHeartMedia, on SoundCloud, on Apple, iTunes, whatever it is, all the major platforms, Stitcher. So uh, just uh, search Two Steps Ahead Podcast. If there's something you want to know about us, uh, you can hit us up. You can DM us, Mm -hmm. direct message on Mm -hmm. Instagram, or you can send us an email, twostepsaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We are everywhere. We'd like to thank you. We'd like to wish you a happy new year. Welcome to 2020. Perfect vision. Time for a perfect year. (laughs) Cut the yuck. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll see you next time.